Hey everybody, welcome to Sports Meets Beer Podcast. Um, I guess maybe I should just say sports, because now we've done our new segment, so we're breaking everything up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, the whole show's called Sports Meets Beer, obviously, but this is just the sports part. This isn't the meat or the beer part yet. Is this the part where we, like, are we on episode 37 now? Uh, we are on episode 37. Okay. That's, just That's a true statement. I should probably look into the number 37 for... Yeah, we could. We could always take a break. Yeah, we, well, All right, we're going to take our first break. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do it right now. No, 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 no. Farley. Uh, but no, yeah, this is uh, episode 37, segment one of our uh, of our podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've had a, a little bit of, of a bumpy road with uh, releasing some of our segments. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, just been, we've been a little busy. That's point blank how it, how it goes. Yeah. Who, who would think an addition of a new puppy would uh, derail someone else's schedule so much? Yeah, well. And you don't have a dog. No so we know who it is. Fucking Charlene. Anyway. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we uh, we have really very little to talk about. It's a very boring time of the year. It's in between Super Bowl. Nothing's really happening. Uh, baseball's still a few weeks away from starting. This is really sort of the doldrums of the NBA season. Teams don't even really start to hit the accelerator for another you know, a couple of weeks once the All-Star game is really over. Although, I must say, watching the Cleveland Cavaliers lose seven out of their last ten has been pretty remarkable. Yes. Um, but um, uh, I like especially the free fall, and all of a sudden, LeBron James is complaining about how he needs someone else on the team. Yeah, you know, we've been through this before, though. Like, we went through this last year, you know. We went through it when he joined the Cavaliers. Get me Kevin Love, right? It's just, it's part of the deal. You know, you, you know the True Who podcast had a great bit about it earlier in the week that said that you know every gm in the league would love to have the problem of lebron james talking about how he needs to get more help onto lebron lebron james's team because that means that you have lebron james on your team and along with it come titles and a lot of recognition so i, I just know. hate how how quickly he flip-flops you know becomes when when oh he flops all right oh yes when when the team is doing remarkable he makes a note to to talk about how remarkable he is yeah. Then when the team's doing bad, suddenly it's well, it's now we're a team and I need help. It's just it's it's such a it's such an old story with him and it drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, if you're a Warrior fan, good times. Warriors have four all stars going this year. You're uh oops, I just skipped it for some reason. Um Draymond. Yeah, you're getting Clay Thompson and Draymond Green on the reserves. You're also getting uh Demarcus Cousins, Russell Westbrook, Marcus Saul, uh Gordon Hayward and uh uh, DeAndre Jordan, which is actually a pretty great addition for that. Um, you know, the big surprise for the NBA also is that uh, Russell Westbrook is not starting. Um, he's averaging a triple double. It's the first time since Oscar Robertson did it. Steph right. Curry, you know, if you're not familiar, the NBA did sort of answered the call, and there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, the fans don't deserve to put guys into the All Star game, right? And there's a lot of arguments. We talked about this on a, uh, one of our pods last year. Um, you know, we said, you know, the fans deserve a vote. It's a meaningless exhibition. The problem with that is, you know, that a lot of these guys, they're, they have incentives on whether or not they make the all-star team. And then they, they negotiate contracts based on whether or not to make the all-star team. Right. So, you know, the, what the NBA did is they took the fan vote and they gave, they cut its, its weight in half basically. And then, uh, they gave a quarter of a point or 25% of the vote to the media and 25% of the vote to the players. And You're then waited out accordingly. Lowell Cohn had a say in this? Um, I don't know if he actually voted. I could certainly look into it, though, if we <laughs> want to check that out. 
Um, we'll save that for the low cone shit tweet of the week. Shit tweet segment. of the week. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's he's averaging a triple-double. Steph Curry is having, a, you know, a great season, but not a season that he had, you know, in his last two All-Star years. I mean, he was a supernova last year and the year before that. But, um, you know, it was interesting. that I, I want to know, I, you know, well, actually, before we do that, let's list off who made it in the East. Your Eastern Conference reserves, uh, Paul George, Kemba Walker, his first all-star appearance, Paul Millsap, John Wall, Kyle Lowry, um, Isaiah Thomas, and Kevin Love to go along with in the East. Hold on. Let me grab the list here real quick. Um, Zaza Pachulia sadly did not make it. Um, but the Eastern Conference all-stars are Jimmy Zaza. Butler, Kyrie Irving, and DeMar DeRozan in the front court, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, and LeBron James in the backcourt. LeBron James. Excuse me. I said that backwards. They are in the front court and the other guys in the backcourt. I know uh, what you meant. And in the West, it's uh, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, I think for the most part, they, they got it right. I think uh, I like the new format for the NBA. You know, it does. The fans deserve a vote. It is a, an exhibition and a meaningless exhibition for the most part anyway. And the fans want to see the best players. And I think for the most part, they got it here. Um, you're always going to talk about who got snubbed and who didn't. Um, I do think the media should get some say in who makes it. The player one is one that I'm, I'm curious for your feedback here, Ben. I'm curious to know, you know, do the players, do, do, should they have a say in all these things? You know, they kind of said, like, we should be the ones who are picking some of these guys because the fans obviously can't get it right. Do we, it, does it seem, does that seem like a smart move for the NBA? Should they have given the pl- the, the players some of the vote here? I mean, yeah, you you definitely want the the validation from your peers, right? That's kind of to me. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. But like you mentioned, I was not aware how scattered some of the voting was from the players. Oh man! Um, and, and I mean, you never want to say it's a popularity contest, right? But clearly, there's going to be a popular vote out there. But I really feel like you know, like uh, to me. If the players uh, it, it took it a little more seriously, like Westbrook wouldn't even be a question. Right. Well, you know? Westbrook. So Westbrook actually for guards, Westbrook got the most votes from the players. Really? And then he got the third most votes from the media. Uh, and then Curry led the way. Harden was second in all three categories. Right. Okay. So Curry got the most votes from the fans. He got the third most votes from the players. And he got this, the uh third most votes from uh the media and so the way that the tie essentially worked out is that they went with the fan vote is the tiebreaker and so curry getting the most fan votes that makes sense yeah um but you had things like um you had things like uh what's a what's a good example Draymond Green was the 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10th guy for front court players in the in the the uh, the player voting results, and then you had guys that, that voted for themselves. Obviously, <laughs> uh, no joke. Like no, I, I know, but it's that's to me. It's like that's such a Ben like a Macle- high school thing. Ben McLemore does not deserve a vote. And and here's the other thing too is that they gave the players the vote, right? Um, Wait, that's the thrift shop guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, there are 450 guys in the NBA. 450 players. The 324 players participated in the voting process. Now, that's a better turnout than the average American electorate, but it's still not 450. So if you're going to give these guys the vote, you'd think that they'd all show up. Um, and guys that played like zero minutes in the league ended up getting votes. In fact, I'm looking at the NBA website 
uh, right now, and they're, they're showing the voter results. And there are guys on here that, A, I've never even heard of, and I also know that there are guys that haven't played in the league in three or four years that I know got votes um, because it was released. TNT showed that last week, um, but that aren't on this list. So the NBA obviously is trying to save a little bit of face. But don't you think if you're a player, shouldn't you take that thing a little bit more seriously? Because you, you know that other guys are... You know, you're you're a union. You're in it together, right? So these guys all negotiate all star appearances. As well, you would think that, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it, it's a lot like the paper airplane for the back of the classroom, right? No one goes to school thinking they're going to do that today. It just happens. Someone does <laughs> it. Next, you know, spitball follows that. It just it's just it just shows that you you know you've you've given a choice to children. Some of these guys are grown up. You know, they're they're full grown ch- children. Uh yeah, you would expect them to take it seriously. You'd expect them to, to you know, contribute a vote. I mean, to, to do, I don't know. I feel like there's there's always that kind of borderline player who's in his probably second or third year who's obviously on the come up, right? Someone who's who's right. making a name for himself. And those are the ones I feel like the players should, like they, they can acknowledge and recognize a young talent or acknowledge and recognize... Someone who's who's you know, and I'll I'll even use like Draymond. You know, he's come, he's lighter, right? He's come, he's way, definitely way in better shape than he was mm-hmm. last year. Every time you watch a game, his name is mentioned as Defensive Player of the Year. So to me, like I and a lot of guys don't like him, right? Because he is he does play really rough and he does get technicals and all that stuff. But look at it now; he's now a tenth. Yeah. How can he be tenth when every time they play, they talk about him being Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, well, I you know, and, and here's the thing though, the the flip side of that is, uh, let me I'll give you the list of guys that are ultimately ahead of them. It's uh, let me call this back up. It's Kevin Durant because these are it's front court players, right? So these are small forwards, power forwards, and centers. They yeah. don't actually do it by position anymore. Um, it's Kevin Durant, an all star. Kawhi Leonard, an all star. Anthony Davis, an all star. Demarcus Cousins, an all star. Uh, Marcus Gasol, an all star. And then LaMarcus, who's not an all-star, and then DeAndre Jordan and Gordon Hayward are all ahead of him. So it's not like it's a bunch of sh- like No, it's not a bunch of nobodies. Of and, you know, he's, had, he's having lower scoring output this year than he has in years past. Um, you know, but that's by virtue of having added Kevin Durant to the team. Correct. Everyone is lower scoring on average. Right? Yeah, and they're all taking less shots. And, and you know, I, I just, uh, for me... I, I would just, I guess if you're going to ask for it, which the players did, I just wish that you would have taken it a little bit more seriously and not had so many guys that clearly voted for themselves. Darren Collison. I'm looking at you, Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, Raymond <laughs> Felton, <laughs> Ben Forbes. Uh, I can't even read to Pierre Jackson. Pierre Jackson got a vote. The guy is on his second 10-day contract of the year. Going into the recording of this podcast, he had just, it was his first ever start tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He signed a 10-day contract, signed a second 10-day contract, and got the start because they have injury trouble. And in the second quarter of that game, he hurt his hamstring and had to come out. He got an all-star vote. That guy clearly voted for himself. <laughs> like, how does that bag. even happen? What? How does that even happen? It shouldn't even Unless be your mama's got a, a vote, that should never happen. Yeah, and you know what? I could see, like, you know, it's Dirk Nowitzki's voting for a guy on his team. He thinks he's being funny, right? Like, I get it. Like, maybe Pierre Jackson didn't vote for himself. But honestly, you know... I'm no magic eight ball, but all signs point to yes. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I think that the system is cool. I don't know how you can really. I think the system is cool, and I don't think it should change. I think they've done a good job here because they've clearly got it right. I'm well, they've, sh- they've improved upon it. It was a flawed system before. Yeah, because I'm not sure that 
uh, Adetokounmpo makes the all-star starting unit last year, right? He deserves to be there. He's amazing. Um, you know, but then there's the, how does Rudy Gobert not make it? That's kind of a weird one. That's an interesting snub to me. Um, you know, I just, uh, I think that they're, it's better now than it was, and I still think it needs some tweaks, but I would applaud the NBA for the most part, um, and I just wish the players would take it a little bit seriously. Hopefully they do something to kind of curb some of that. Um, we will, you know, I said we weren't going to talk about this in the meeting, but while we're on the subject of the NBA All-Star voting, um, Pro Bowl, you give a shit? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Next topic. We talked about this on the Danny Wright Morning Show. If you uh, are, uh, if you do have a, a pension for listening to morning radio, check out 97.7 The River here in Sonoma County. Uh, we are Friday mornings around the 8.15. I also believe it's 97.7 or 97.7theriver.com. Yeah, you can check that out as well. Listen to a stream. Listen to um, us stream. We but about, yeah, 8 o'clock hour, we, we do a little segment on there. Is there anything that it can do to, to gain your interest? I mean, you're a football fanatic. Um, you know, it's funny. We, as we were talking about it, we had, we had some technical phone issues, uh, which seems to be like a gray cloud over my head as of late <laughs> since we I bungled one of our segments last time. But, um, no, I think, and I said it, and I didn't really hear you guys chime in at all, so I don't know if it's a question of you don't agree with me or, or you guys couldn't hear me. I just muted you. Um, but I, I think the only way they're going to and get more fans involved. The Uber fans are still going to be the Uber fans, right? No one, nothing is going to sway them. They're going to watch if their if their team has significant players in. They're going to watch and expect something. Who knows what? Um, but no, I, I think in order for them to be taken seriously and to capture a new audience, they need to do something that's going to protect the player, but still draw new interest. And I think that technology is going to have to be involved somehow. You know, we talked about. Um, you know, the, the startup company Twitch, you know, which is online gaming, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, if they could take that to a gaming format and somehow do, like I said, tie in a virtual reality aspect for a third party like myself. So if I could put on Google Glasses and be a part of it, pick a player, vote a right. player, whatever, and be that player, you know, watch the player as he's actually controlling it. That to me is probably the only way they're going to they're going to rebrand or redo this. They're not going to get away from traditional football. I mean, I'm not suggesting for a second that a video game would replace the actual game itself. Now, to be fair, we haven't watched any of the uh, drone drops or any of the skill competitions. So if you're listening to this and it's Friday the 27th and you did have a chance to watch that stuff because that stuff's going on as we're recording. Oh, it was going on while my kids were having dinner at your restaurant because they were they would, would not make eye contact with me over because I sat like a fool. I sat with my back to the TV their two mugs were looking at TV and they're like, oh, wow, dodgeball. Oh, yeah. So uh, obviously for the, you know, the four-year-old and the six-year-old, yeah. it was phenomenal. They loved it. But um, yeah, the approval rating's never been higher. Yeah. So if you had a chance to watch it and you think that maybe it was a little bit more entertaining, you know, they're obviously trying to do something a little bit outside the realm of football. Um, but, uh, you know, it just, to me, I think you're right. It is going to take something cutting edge like that to keep people's interest because it's the, it's an exhibition that bastardizes its own sport the hardest, much right. more than hockey, basketball, or baseball's all-star games do. Well, you know, you look at, you know, we, we've and we've ranked all of the all-star games before. This was like episode four or five. Yeah. We ranked all of them, and, and uh, ultimately, ba- you know, football came in last. Baseball wins. Because there's no way you can't. Right. That's, no, that's exactly. Baseball wins that argument. Um, and at least I, I do give a nod to basketball, to NBA, because... There is still an entertaining factor to it. And also the last 
eight minutes of the game are highly competitive because there's yes. a pretty decent sized bonus in winning. So they actually do ratchet up the defense a little bit. And, the, you know, the first 40 minutes of the game are just terrible alley-oop attempt after terrible alley-oop attempt. Right. And and well, also, too, you look at it and you go, man, when is the last time you're going to see these five players play again? Right. And also, you know, the NBA also has the added benefit of its of its All-Star weekend being awesome and the game being the worst part of the weekend. The three-point contest and the dunk contest... The three-point contest is always fun. Yes. It's never not been fun. The dunk contest has had its ups and downs, but Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine over the last two years have made that thing exciting. must-see TV. Yes. So at least like the, the NBA All-Star game has its whole weekend behind it. So even though the game probably isn't as good as like a, you know your standard NBA game, as an exhibition game, it doesn't hold up as well as, say, even hockey or baseball does um it's overall all-star experience is better and i don't know how right. and the i think the nfl is trying to do that with all of these well, dodgeball and, and yeah. skill comps and stuff but i don't know but if they're, they're also accomplishing it. you know they also have made a mistake in pulling this away from hawaii and this is uh, one of the things we talked talk, touched mm-hmm. on earlier um you know you know although engagement might have been down but i feel like um fandom was up People embraced it better when it was in when it was in uh, you know Hawaii when it was after the Super Bowl. Um, it's one of those things where it became it was just very jovial and fun and you know sure you're not going to see someone get lit up on a on a, a, a pass across the middle, but at the same time I just felt like it was just a it was more of like you know it became it became what the NBA All Star is. It's it's interesting to the way, the fact that they put it in between. The fact that they put it in between the two, you know, the championship game, championship weekend, and then the Super Bowl weekend, I don't think does it any favors either. You're going to put together an all star or all star game without the league MVP in it. Matt Ryan is the league MVP, right. and he's not going to play in it. Right, right. Julio Jones is the league's best wide receiver right now, and you're he's not going to play in it. Correct. You know, Tom Brady is number two or number three in the league as quarterbacks go. He's not going to play in this. I mean, granted, guys drop out of the yeah, Pro then, Bowl anyway. Yeah, exactly. And then you have like guys like Derek Carr. Who is injured and is recovering? He's not playing, obviously. Right. Well, Amari that kind Cooper of stuff is out. That kind of stuff is unavoidable, I think, in terms of these guys dropping out for the purpose of uh, recuperation. But yes. now your Pro Bowl quarterback, like you're not, he doesn't even have the opportunity to drop out. He's just not playing. So now you're by default going to the to the you know the alternate, and then he has the opportunity to drop out. You're like your third or fourth next. It's Kaepernick starting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So the the NFL Pro Bowl, man, I don't know what you can do. You know, the the I was thinking about this after we did the show with Danny this morning. Um, you know, the a, Major League Baseball has the Silver Slugger Awards, which announce like the best hitter at each position. They've got the Gold Glove Awards, which announce the best fielders. You've mm-hmm. got the batting title. You've got um, you know the Cy Young Award. You've got all these things. The MVP. There's all kinds of stuff to recognize the best players at each position. Basketball has the same thing. Basketball has you know Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. Um, you know, first, second, and third team all NBA, right? And then it also has its all stars. You know, uh, the NBA or the NFL has the all pro teams, which are the best players at each position. But there's not really like the like baseball has, you know, the Gold Glove or the right. Silver Slugger. There really isn't anything to really differentiate some of these guys. You know, at each position, the best outside linebacker, best nose tackle, that kind of thing. And so I think that there is some emphasis for these guys when they negotiate contracts out to be like they have to say that they can make the Pro Bowl or be an All Pro. Um, and so I think to some, I don't think you know we talked about it earlier. You know, fifty percent of the players say that they you know that they they want the Pro Bowl. Or no, we were talking about Thursday football, but the the thing that I was reading on Deadspin this morning said that you know the players say that they 
they don't want it. And the NFL says that they don't want it, but it's the players that want it. You know, I think the players on some level, they kind of need it. It just gives them some, some uh, negotiation leverage, right? Like, hey, look at the accolades that I've racked up. Right. You know, and so I think they got to figure something else out if they're truly interested in, you know, if they're truly interested in making it like a watchable thing. Right. They if they, if they want out. to rebrand it and actually make it a good gap between playoffs and Super Bowl. Do we need one? No. But that's where that's how it's uh, that's how their alignment is now. They want to try to entice you to watch one more week, sell a little bit more ad space, and te- and and I guarantee they're teasing Super Bowl ads. I guarantee they're teasing Super Bowl stuff. It's it's almost like a you know a pregame show, a pre pregame show. You know, it's funny. I I don't know that I've ever even watched a Pro Bowl in my life. I'm trying to think back of like any like never from start to finish. I I back in my like when I was 12 and 13 stuff like that. I used to watch them a lot. And I remember seeing the one with when Dion was with the Niners, um, and and just seeing because back then it was like you had you know Dion was there, and then all of a sudden Jerry Rice and him are hanging out, and there's uh, he's hanging out with all the old cowboy guys, and it's just it was became it was just more of like it, it was the like a very much a fraternity event. I remember those, but like I said, never from start to finish. Couldn't tell you the scores who won each year. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man, I don't. I don't and then know. when they went to they, when they went to different coaches as teams, that was that was an atrocity. They definitely took a step backwards there. Yeah, I um, yeah, I. In my opinion, I, I won't watch it again, or I won't watch it this year. I can tell you that. And I, I think one of the things I that, got better things to do. I got there's paint I could watch dry. Yeah, I, one of the things that I will say that uh, go watch Tombstone for the seventy fifth time. <laughs> I'll be Huckleberry. Um, the all-star games for baseball, for basketball and for hockey, uh, fall in the middle ish of the season. So there's like a clear, like sort of line of demarcation of like, Hey, this is, we're in the home stretch now. I think that helps them also because you're in the middle of like, it's hard if you're a 49er fan, which I am, you know, that Joe Staley makes the pro bowl, right? Like you want to watch your favorite guys in the pro bowl. Right. But like my guys have been done for a month. Like, oh, yeah. You they, know, my, they checked out. They checked out six weeks ago. Yeah, my guys have been <laughs> done for a month already. I've been done for a month. So it's hard for me to, like, check back into that. Like, with baseball or with basketball, like, my guys are in the middle of the season. So, yeah, I'll ch- I'm in full basketball mode. And it's not like I'm not, like, like I don't need the 49ers to be in it to be, you know, to be fully engaged with football. I mean, my 9-1 and record in the playoffs suggests that I'm watching all those games. I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm just telling you that, like, it's hard. It does. It doesn't carry as much weight because it doesn't feel like it's within the normal ebb and flow of a season. I think that's that's one of my big hang-ups with it. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it's it turns itself in a weird, precarious spot. There's really no way to insert it any other way. I mean, the hunt for playoffs in the remaining four weeks of the season ghosts. I mean, like, there's so many what ifs scenarios that they wouldn't jeopardize. I mean, they Miami. Didn't handle their and their concussion protocol properly, and, and that was. I mean, it's one of those things. Well, the NFL didn't rather Miami didn't, but the NFL didn't, and that was that's crazy. But it's like towards the end, these guys, the players and coaches aren't really even thinking straight. There's no way they're going to try to align them up to play some sort of other game to give anybody a break for an extended period of time. Right. Unlike the other, you know, the, and the other seasons are so much longer. You know, sixteen yeah. weeks is not enough time to institute a, like a, a mandatory week long break in between. Right, and they they yeah they they pepper them throughout the season, right. the week long breaks. You're not yeah, you're not doing that. Um, yeah, I do, I mean I don't I don't think their NFL is is so desperate to where they're going to tear it down and rebuild it from the ground up. 
But they just they need to do something. I, dude, if you listen to Roger Goodell from last year, I think they're going to kill it. I think they're eventually just going to kill it. I think they should. Yeah. I think it's it's you know from them it's an investment standpoint. They're not going to throw three hundred million dollars at it to make it a better experience for the fans, right? <laughs> if you, <laughs> why would they do that when they could possibly shorten preseason, extend the season, and have these guys get hurt even more? Oh God, we you could just do the uh, you could do the uh, yeah. There was the thing going around Facebook and and uh, Twitter right before the inauguration of President Trump, and people said, "Listen, don't." not turn on your TV. Turn it on, but just make sure it's on a different channel. That makes the ratings look worse. So, ladies and gentlemen yeah. of America, we implore you, have your TV on during the Pro Bowl on Sunday, but please have it on Animal Planet, National Geographic, uh, Comedy Central, something that's not pertaining to the NFL so that the ratings look like garbage. You're doing you and every American around you a service. <laughs> wow. Animal Planet, birds watching birds got huge ratings. <laughs> We're signing this to a five-year deal. Birds watching birds. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is the uh, most celebrated time of the week, the segment of Sports Meets Beer podcast that I look forward to the most. This segment has not only put people into retirement. <laughs> it's also put people into retirement. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's changed uh, my life, really. Yes, it has. It's been unbelievable. The phenomenon is going to catch on to everybody. You're going to see this. This is going to go viral. I'm Lol sure of cone it. shit tweet of the week. Music insert here. Ah! <laughs> Hit it! All right. If you are not familiar with the Lolcone shit tweet of the week, uh, Lolcone uh, is a recently retired writer for the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. The man don't think a, we're going to pull any punches just because he retired. Yeah, the man has a major or had a major league baseball Hall of Fame vote. Which, uh, after hearing the first three uh, installments of the Lolcone shit tweet of the week, you will be getting to ask yourself, much as we have, how the fuck does this guy have a Hall of Fame vote? Um, his writing is, you know, petulant at best. Uh, it's egotistical. If you listen to him in any of the Fort Anner press conferences or any press conference, really, he just he sounds like he can't be bothered and he's annoyed by everything. And his usage of Twitter is atrocious. Which brings us to this segment. The little cone shit tweet of the week. Basically, so, well, the, the concept is Brad's going to read out a couple tweets. I have vowed to keep my <laughs> eyes off of Twitter so I don't know the results. But Brad's going to read a series of tweets uh, from Mr. Cone. And I have to guess... Uh, which one is the real ones, which one is the fake one, and also we then surmise which one is the shit tweet of the week. Yes. It's a fun game. Played by all. I recommend it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> tweet number one. Reading Moby Dick, first time since high school. It's a different book now. <laughs> beat writer, sports beat writer. Keep that in mind. Uh, has a baseball Hall of Fame vote. <laughs> okay. Um. Going to the movies with Mrs. Cone Zone to see the founder. Hey, I'm retired. Okay, I get that one. Because he referred to the Cone Zone. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a link. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look at dreams. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> don't, don't, then, please don't embellish it anymore. There's a link. <laughs> All right. And then the last one. I can't decide if I prefer this drink with the little umbrella or without it. Those are the four tweets. Should I read them again or are you? No. No. <laughs> ben is in tears for those of you listening uh. at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say Cone Zone is real. Obviously, Cone Zone is real. He's okay. That one. Uh, I will say that he, cause he referenced retirement. Um, uh, well, Moby Dick. That's a poll. Even for you, that's a poll. Really? Uh, what the fuck? I don't. I don't know. So you hold on a second. So, so <laughs> reading Moby Dick first time since high school. It's a different book now. Going to the movies with Mrs. Cone Zone to see the founder. Hey, I'm retired. Dreams, or I can't decide if I prefer this drink with a little umbrella or without. The last one is the is the falsehood. That last one is the falsehood. Yes. Why do you say that? Uh, it just seems like too structured of a sentence. <laughs> Wait, based on how he writes up, yes, <laughs> you would be correct. Sir. All that right. Is but I do want to take a second to read what the link in the dreams tweet is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why why the way you said it set me off, but holy shit. Crummy it, it links to apparently he's still writing his blog for the Press Democrat. I thought he was retired. Um but uh it links to his blog from January twenty second, uh in which I will read it to you because it's very short. Crummy night sleep sentence. Kept dreaming I had to cover a Giants game but couldn't find my press credential. Turned my house inside out. No credential. Woke up in a frenzy and realized, hey, I'm retired. Realized the credential dream is a variant of the academic paranoia dream. I'm taking a geometry test in high school, but all the questions are in Russian. I will have these dreams the rest of my life. That's a blog entry. I see the line <clears throat> the line that he's drawing, but it's just shit. It's still bizarre. Why is the Press Democrat public like putting that out? That's what I want to know. That's like a that's like a fifteen year old girl's diary. He sh- he should have his own. I think they're probably just doing it out of. All right, Lowell. Yeah, we'll sure we'll link your blog. You're gonna find it further and further and further down the page on the web pa- on the web page, and it won't even see black and white. They won't print it because that's horrible. Jeez, man. Every you know I get it. Everyone's had that dream, right? You know, <laughs> some of the comments are phenomenal. Like they're really fully engaged. Uh. Dude, there was um, when he announced his retirement. Sal Castaneda from Channel Two, yeah, right. Never met the man, but he was like tweeting to him like how he how much he inspired him, and he doesn't know him personally, but feels like he knows him through his writing. Sal Castaneda, man, I remember when you used to do traffic for Live One Hundred Five, and now you're doing it for Channel Two in the morning. Let's just calm down. I I just couldn't. I was like, you know him through his writing. I mean, like, what? I mean, I guess because he does share so much non non important <laughs> dreams. Yeah. Oh, that got you. That was so good. I did not see that coming for sure. So of the remaining real ones, dreams, going to the movies, uh, or reading Moby Dick, which is the shit tweet of the week? Reading Moby Dick. What's the shit tweet of the week? He's a sports columnist or was. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, if he was the maybe the lifestyle or the arts and entertainment guy. That's fine. You read Moby Dick. Good for you. Yeah, you know, I'm inclined to agree with you normally. Except I'm going with dreams because you're supposed to be retired and you're still writing. 
So that makes you a liar, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't vote for something that made me laugh so joyfully. <laughs> yeah, that really got you. I know. So if you are listening to this, please uh, check us out. Message us on Facebook. Send us an email, sportsmeetsbeer at gmail.com. Let us know which of those two tweets are your vote for shit tweet of the week. Yes. The Moby Dick tweet or the Dreams tweet. Something, please. <laughs> please, anything. <laughs> Feel free to hashtag uh, Lowell Cone at any given time. Oh, the Cone Zone at Lowell Cone on Twitter. Uh, whatever, we love it. He's yeah. got it. He's gonna hear this at some point. It's, he's got to. He's got to. Somebody's got to. We don't know if anybody has yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for our sports segment of uh, episode thirty-seven of Sports Meets Beer. Uh, check us out, as we said, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Untapped, uh, at Gmail, sportsmeetsbeer at gmail.com. Uh, tune in to the next segment when we are going to talk about uh, or food. We'll figure out the uh, order. You don't worry about it until it comes back on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you on the next one. All right, later.